Hello, hockey fans in Canada, the United States, and Newfoundland, and in Red Deer, where Craig Button is today. Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast, episode 25. The World Juniors are underway. I saw you doing great work with Dennis Payak on Sunday, and I know that it's cold, Craig. If you spit, does your spit freeze before it hits the ground? Welcome and happy belated Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas uh, to you too, Steve. And uh, uh, let's put it this way. If you took uh, a pot of boiling water and threw it up in the air, it would crystallize instantly. That's how cold it is. Is that true or is that just, uh, you're just kind of making it? Listen, I I know you've talked about Mrs. Awanica at math class. Who is your science teacher? Uh, Mr. Rickard, who was also the hockey coach who made me the captain in my senior year. So, so is that how you passed science or was it because uh, no, you really grasped science? I was yeah. in the sixties. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. Like, I mean, like it's, uh, but I'm just saying, I didn't make that up. Yeah. If you take a, if you took a cup of hot water, boiling hot water and throw it up in the air, it'll crystallize. That's how cold it is. It's minus 51 with the wind chill. But you know you what that a lot of time inside. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what Albertan say? But it's a dry cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. That's a dry cold. Let me just tell you this. Okay. You know how cold it is? How cold is it? The, the nuts on the steel bridge have been frozen off. <laughs> <laughs> the little things that make us laugh. Uh, how was Christmas? It was great that if you were in Russia or Helsinki or Sweden and Stockholm, you would have had to leave on the 20th. Christmas at home early. I've been there too. You do that and go, which is still good and all that. And you get to go away. But at least here, you woke up in your own bed on Boxing Day, and it's a 90-minute drive? Yeah, that's what it is. You know it. Yep, and it was a beautiful, beautiful, nice drive. And, you know, you get settled in, and, you know, you get uh, you get watching the tournament and watching the games. And it's, it's you know, it's uh, last year with no fans in the building, Steve, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was very different. You're not used to it. And even though capacity is only 50%, it, it was good. The fans were excited. I mean, Sweden – we, we were doing the Sweden Russia game, and and there was probably there was a whole section of Swedish supporters, parents, fans, and everything, all all wearing their Trey Kroner, uh, you know, sweaters, and you know they had the you know signs up, and it was so so neat to see that again, like it really was. And Simon Edmondson scores an unbelievable shorthanded goal for Sweden, and and then as he comes around, he comes right to that corner and he points up to 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 the support. It was it was awesome. Like you know that's what makes it. The excitement of the, of the players, but you know, the, everybody that's helped you get there, right? And, and and the kids recognize it so much, and it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Before we talk about the teams and the games and what we've learned after one day and some pre-tournament action, could we get to seventy-five or hundred as we move along? Any idea about that? If we get to January first, I don't know if that's an important date or not. Or do you think we're married to fifty percent, which is still better than the zero from last year? Well, here's what I'd say. It's better than the zero from last year, right? And I, you know, all, all we can do is just cross our fingers and hope, Steve. Like, you know, uh, you know, having 50% is way better than no percent. Uh, nobody in the building. But, you know, the, the energy that the fans and the enthusiasm they bring to the buildings, it, it's second to none. And so it, it, if it can be increased and if it increased to 60, it would be better than 50. Yeah. <laughs> if, you could get a, if you could get a full building, that would be, that would be phenomenal. Certainly, uh, I, I've said this, and you know, the, the tournament when it's in Canada, the fans' passion is just on a different level. So it's on a different level. 
So one day in, I saw the pre-tournament game, and your buddy Matvey Michkov looked pretty good. Boy, he could snipe for almost anywhere. That's, uh, I mean, that when you can thread the needle like that, and I want to compare him to somebody because he shoots left, uh, you know, a Pavel Burry or something. I, I don't know because he's little looks. He looks a little undersized compared to some of the other guys. But Sweden, Russia, like what a way to start the tournament. Like, you know, usually you've got the build, you play your Switzerland's or your Slovakia's or your Germany's or whatever, but boy, oh boy, boom. I don't know if we've learned anything. I mean, the Swedes have won a lot of pre-tournament or round robin games and then fizzled later on. I mean, this is, wow, when you've got US, Sweden and, and Russia in one pool, someone's got to be third, which is playing the two on the other side. And, you know, that could be Canada or Finland. Like, you know, if you're third, you you got a tough road just like that. And then, it was a great game to start nine goals. You saw some skills. So what were some of your takeaways from that match and the youngsters in that one? Okay. Well, let me just tell you about uh, Sweden real quick. Like, so Sweden, all, all, that undefeated streak, it ended at 54 games, right? 54 games. They had lost the game in the, in group play. And then they, they, they've come to the tournament the last, I'm going to say eight, nine years as one of the leading contenders for the gold medal. Right. And there's a, uh, there's a pressure to that. There's an expectation that comes with it. And then there's a disappointment when you don't win. And every year it's different players, right? But they got to players have to answer for three years ago. Like it's not the same players. Stop. Coming into the tournament this year, the expectations aren't as high. You know, there's no undefeated streak to talk about, right? They got a really good goaltender, Jesper Wallstadt. They got a they got an outstanding defense uh, led by Simon Edmondson. Then up front, they got some really good wingers. Alexander Holtz, who they got from uh, from Sweden or from New Jersey, excuse me. They got some real good skill. And what what happened in that first game was the Russians were incredibly undisciplined, and the Swedish power play it chewed them up, <laughs> chewed them up, chewed them up. And so, you know, what what, what did we learn on day one? You, you want to give good, talented teams and players opportunities on the power play. You're going to pay. You want to be undisciplined. You, it's going to cost you the game. So, you know, Russia. Fought their way back into the game, and Michkov was a big part of it. But you know, you start to you start to watch these players, and Steve, it's it's so much fun to look at a Simon Edmondson and go, "Wow!" And and it's easy, okay? Is he headman? Is he this guy or that guy? He's so unbelievably in control. You're you're almost mesmerized watching him. That that's where I find myself sometimes. You know, we watch the games, you watch the players. Play, but you get mesmerized with brilliance and Simon Edmondson, Mitch Koff, Like, I mean, you say undersized, I think he's like Kucherov. He's got a little Kucherov in him, but he might have a little bit of edge in him. You know, Bure would go after you. Bure yeah. would go after you. Mitch Koff goes after you. Like you, 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 uh, you, 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 you cross him. He's not just taking it. And he ain't looking for somebody else to come and fight his fights. He, Oh, he's a feisty, feisty, feisty player. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't like to say the cliche stay out of the box, but there's two types oh, of penalties. There's a good penalty and a bad penalty. Good penalty is if you save a goal. Good penalty is maybe you're down 4-1, and I might have got my shoulder up a little bit, and it's, eh, we got to play in a seven-game series. It's different. You know, penalties that save goals, and it's cliche, but the ones that don't, and you start going, oh, boy. I mean, we saw some penalties even in the pre-tournament game Finland USA which was a uh, exciting comeback oh, yeah. and some five-minute majors and you got to be careful with the headshots when I see the IIHF game and the headshot rule it seems like see they do it there we can do it in the air. and then I think I don't I don't know if we can in a short tournament it's different and you know and I don't know if we can go down that road but but 
we're massaging it. It's, it's getting better, right? We're, it's getting better. Uh, Slovakia hung in pretty good. Uh, the high stick at 3-1 was a high stick, but then they scored again. But they were outchanced and outshot. So did we learn anything USA-Slovakia? Did US almost let one slip away? Or do you think Slovakia's got some? I mean, they got a lot of players ranked uh, in this year's draft. This might be the best Slovakian draft ever, Craig. Am I wrong? No, not at all. You're not wrong in any way, shape, or form. They, they, they have some. They have some real depth of skill in their lineup. The first period, Steve Drew Camesso was outstanding for the USA. Outstanding. You know, Slovakia had those early power plays. They had they had great A scoring chances, and Drew Camesso really kept it at bay. And and then you know, yeah, power play, right? Power play. Two uh, a five on three. They and, and the U.S. scored bang bang. They scored ten seconds into the five on three, and then they scored it. And all of a sudden, now you're playing with the lead up two nothing. The second period, if it wasn't for Simon Latkozy, the goaltender for Slovakia, I mean, it might have been it might have been eight nothing because it was twenty three one shots on goal in the second period for USA. But first period and third period, Drew Kamesel was outstanding for the U.S. And then you can see as the Slovaks got they got one. And even they had they had that dislike goal. Then they got two, and and it was they were after it. They had some chances in that last in the last minute too. And Camesso was outstanding in the game. So, and the reason I bring up Drew Camesso is because of Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight led the U.S. to the and everybody goes oh question marks. No no no. There's a big difference between question marks and unknowns. <laughs> question marks are about like well I'm not really sure. Like he hasn't really proven it to me. Not knowing if somebody can do it is, is, is an unknown. And you can't say that Drew Camesso was a question mark. What you can say is, okay, let's see if he can do it. But you can't. You, a question mark right now is, is Yaroslav Askarov. Can he do it? Can, can, because he's a question mark. This is his third tournament. This yeah. is no 17-year-old kid anymore and you, where you're forgiving. It's not an 18-year-old kid where you go, okay. I mean, he got pulled from the game, and I, I, I didn't understand it. It doesn't matter if I do or I don't. But that's a question mark. <laughs> Russian goaltending is a question mark. Yeah, and we've seen a scar of a lot at this tournament, as you mentioned, and get pulled before. You know, it's not the oh, first yeah. time he's he's and Camesso left because they split the Finland game, so he didn't lose, so he gave up one. So right. and he was missed. Um, if you look at some of those other goals. So and you talked about Camesso. Let's, you know, let's see what he can do. And it, it I mean, we'll forget about boxing day stories and games when we get to today and tomorrow and yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. How, the, how the tournament looks and to me Canada falling behind scoring first falling behind on legitimate bad pinches and good goals post leg and in and then you're like oh what's going on here I think some early adversity and playing Czechia early might be good because then you're like okay just settle down just relax what if you're down 3-1 in the quarters what if you're down 3-1 in the semis or if you get to the gold medal game and you know you got the firepower uh, the Mason McTavishes, Cole Perfetti, uh, Owen Power, obviously we're going to talk about, but it's, I think it's good to say, it's almost like a drill, you, you know, and you've been with teams. Okay. We're in Russia. We're losing three, two, and the ref calls a penalty. And then you say, come on, he gives you another one. So it's five on three. And you're like, Oh, we got to kill this. So it's almost okay. Game one of the tournament controversy or, or uh, uh, up against it. It's three, one. What are you going to do? You're, you're dealing with it. And, and they did. And I think they, they didn't panic. They were, you know, I'm sure Canadian fans were at the game. What's going on? 3-1 in the first game. But it's good to be able to settle yourself down, play your game, and come back right away and do it, you know, with skill, with hanging on to the puck. Like the game, if we go to the, 
Red Deer, you're in Red Deer. We go back to 1995. The hockey's just different. Forget about the skill, you know, dump and chase, grind it out. You know, it's just different. And, and to see this ballet on ice and the, like Mason McTavish brings it in, attacks the triangle, roofs it, and they show him on the bench, like almost like, did I do that? Like, wow, not that Darcy Tucker didn't in, I guess he didn't, like they didn't score like that, Craig. And, and you get to see it and watch it live. I just thought for Canada anyway, a good a little test. Hey, let's let's get the goaltending going. You know, three goals is not what they wanted to do. And that might lead to Costa starting the next game. Who knows? Everyone will get their chance, I'm assuming. But I think it's good for early, you know, early test to see what people can do. And they answered the bell with some great skill and Owen Power, boy. Oh, boy. He looked He's a man, right? Like he's a man already <laughs> in the blue line. You tell me, you look up at him like this. Hello, Mr. Power, because uh, uh, sometimes you go, wow, he's a big boy. Like he's a big, big boy. Yeah, he, what I would say is he's a big, graceful boy. Yes. He's graceful in his play, you know. Uh, you know, a couple of things I wanted to say about it too. Like, and, and Owen, after he scored the hat trick uh, in, in that game, he, when he was asked, he said, yeah, he, he talked about Dave Cameron calling the timeout. And he said, he goes, it settled us down. And he just reminded us to get back to our game. Like, you know, just exactly what you just said. So that, you know, so and that, isn't that the purpose of a timeout, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Like, right, like, you know, settle, redirect. And, and that's exactly what Canada did. Last year in the tournament, and Trevor Zegras, Trevor Zegras said this before the gold medal game. He said, they haven't played from behind. They haven't had any adversity. Because it'll be interesting to see how they respond if they have to play from behind. And so they score the first goal. Alex Turcotte scores the first goal. And it's the first time Canada been behind the entire tournament. Now it happens in a gold medal game. Then you fall behind 2-0, right? And so your point, Steve, about adversity. And now you, you, you know, number one, obviously it's a successful outcome because you came, you came out on the right side of it. But, but now you know how to deal with it. Now you've, you've experienced it, right? And the U.S. had to deal with that last year in the tournament. U.S. not until the gold medal game. So your point about that really, really, I mean, you, you're very profound on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that but that's exactly it. Like and, and you know, and it's not cliche. It's fact that, that, that you know we're talking about teenagers and 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 the kids get ramped up and you know for a coach just hey let's settle it down even if it's the first game it's not the really really well done and so. Owen Power, you know, you think about it too. I mean, he's won a he's won a gold medal at the World Championships, right? But I mean, Steve, think about the hat trick goal. Think about the hat trick goal. Think about where he is on the ice. I knew you were going to say that. I, <laughs> and we said it watching the game that that wouldn't have been they wouldn't have done that in '95. Like no. when you get into the spin cycle and everyone moves, you know, the the right winger is now back at the point, and the one defenseman is up at the circle. The other defenseman's up top, and you're in this rotation that everybody. You know, I'm not coming to your clinic, one parent said. It sounds like a, a forward clinic. And I said to the hockey candidate instructor, I said, what do I say to this parent? He says, it's a hockey clinic. If your kid is a defenseman, you don't think there'll be times that they lead the rush, that they join the rush, that they're in front of the net. And if you don't help teach them how to score, how to roof it, they get their one chance. And, you know, they've got, you know, Brad Marsh hands. I'm just using Brad as an example. You know, no, you got to be able to bring it back and bring it up. If you don't work on that, how do you know how to get it above the pad? It's not, you're not a defenseman or a right winger or centerman. You're a hockey player. You should be able to know how to do all that stuff. So when they're spinning in this, I call it the spin cycle, it's, it's a, 
beautiful thing to watch. It's modern hockey. And I said this, I knew you're going to bring it up. He's a tap in beside the net, not Paul coffee going end to end on that play and, and puts it in. And you just say, wow. And it's a Christmas present for the Buffalo Sabres. It's a feel good moment. You know, Kevin Adams was clapping, you know, he's like, yes. Cause I think that, uh, I think it's his last um, year in school. I think he'll be a saber in September. I just think I, I, you tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, I, I have a feeling that's his last year at school. He, he, he might be a saber in March <laughs> <laughs> after the NCAAs. I mean, I know Michigan has plans to, to play in the NCAAs and, and win it. I know that. So March might be a little bit early. It might be after his college uh, season this year, but uh, you know, with no, with no Olympians going to, with no NHLers going to the Olympics, who's the leading candidate for Canada's Olympic team 2022 in Beijing? I'll tell you who it is. It's all power. He's the leading guy, Like he would be the star power. No pun intended. No, no pun intended uh, for team Canada at the world championship at the Olympics. Can you imagine a guy? Think about this. Just stop and think about this for a second. Owen power. He's won a world championship goal. He's got a chance to win a world junior goal. Imagine if he's on the Olympic team, he has a chance to win Olympic gold, an NCAA championship. And if he joins the Sabres, he's not going to have a chance to win the cup because they're not a cup contender. But just think about, just think about the possibilities in that. Think about that. Yeah. And going to Buffalo will be good. They'll, you know, the wheels turn. The Sabres are at the bottom. He'll go in there. He'll get ice time. I'm sure he'll get top four minutes. Um, Gerard Gallant's first shift. What was it? The world's last year with Owen Power, like 16 seconds, you know, yeah. and it was, it was, you know, okay, kid, get off. And then he's playing 22 minutes because of <laughs> necessity and skill. You know, I, you, you don't play a guy 22 minutes if, if, unless you got three defensemen and you're saying, okay, Owen, you're going to have to be in the rotation here. So, and I know there were injuries and illnesses and stuff like that. I, sometimes you watch and we only see a little bit. And then when you see more more sample size, so I've had the chance to see him, you know, TSN's around a couple of games or you see a couple of games have been on television. Oh, here's Michigan. Then you see the worlds. Then you see it now. It's still a small. Set. You said to me when, you know, you hired me for the Craig button scouting business. I don't want a sheet or um, report on a player till I see them 15 times. So when somebody says to you, Oh, I, you know, I didn't notice Shane right today or whatever. So this one game, so you're dropping his mark <laughs> after, after this. So I thought, so when I talk to people and they go, oh, I saw Quinton Byfield. I said, so you've seen him play how many times then? And how many live? No, I, I, I watch him for a period and a half. Oh, okay. Well, when you watch him for 45, then write my, write the, I mean, I know I'm being a little bit of a, whatever, but then you, cause you need a big, don't be fooled, Jerry, right? Don't be fooled by, you know, a paper fire and don't be fooled by a bad game or a bad period, or he's nursing a, a sore leg or whatever. I just like what I'm seeing as I'm getting to my 15 games. It's almost there with him. It's just better than I thought. Just better. You know, some things you can teach people, other things you can't. He's got it here. What I'm pointing he controls to. The, controls the game, Steve. Yeah, as you point to your head, right? He's a, I mean, he, 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 when I say that he's got this unbelievable grace to his game, like you say, like, you know, I mean, he, he, we know the game isn't easy, but boy, does he make it easy. Simon Edmondson, who went six in the draft, Detroit's draft pick. I mean, you talk about controlling the game. He he like shorthanded goal. I mean, he he puts pressure on killing the penalty, and it wasn't just enough to put pressure on and get the puck out of the zone. He he put the pressure on, creates a turnover, and then he goes, "I'm going after that puck," and he's on a breakaway, shorthanded. 
defenseman, right? Like, you know, it's like, I mean, the, the idea of like, you know, how many times you hear this, and, and you and me talk about this all the time. Oh, that's a dangerous pass through the middle. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it isn't. Like, I can tell you last night, I'm watching the Slovaks play. Okay, so they're playing, a, they're competitive, they're deeper, right? But they're not comfortable moving the puck through the middle of the ice. So two things happen, right? So now in your own zone, you're trying to grind it up the boards and grind it up the boards. So now you're putting a lot of pressure and a lot of stress on your wingers. Well, the other thing that happens is now the U.S. doesn't have any fear of having to defend the middle of the ice. And now they can commit fully to, go, to, 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 to going down the wall. And, and that's how they got 23 shots in the second period because the Slovaks were, were, were stubborn, not comfortable, whatever way you want to put it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't use the middle of the ice. So now the U.S. are just pounding them, pounding them, pounding them. And you, you better use the middle of the ice or you're going to – the opponent's going to just grind you. And that's what happened to the Slovaks. They came back in the third period were much better, and hopefully they learned from it. But this idea that a defenseman like Owen Power, like he was just settled. He just stood there. He just stood there. Hey, the puck, I'm, I'm not moving. You didn't see him racing. Oh, my God, I got to get back to my point position, right? Simon Evanson wasn't worried. He goes, oh, I'm going to make the play. I'm going after it. Breakaway, go. <laughs> wonderful and you know you you sit here how about this one how about this one okay and and i know you're going to take your hands and you're put them on your head and everything I, I i don't know where it came from it could have been from somebody i know but i saw a tweet last night okay about the buffalo sabers if if all power uh keeps playing like this rasmus Dahlin could be expendable in a few years and i'm like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did it he did it folks you don't see it but i see it he did it just like I did that too. Like, like, like you want to know something like really to stop before you hit set, because there is like, no, you have two guys. And, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I go, you know how good Rasmus Dahlin has been this year? Like he's been, he's been, he's been excellent, but no, we got to, because you know, all power can play all 60 minutes of a game. Oh, geez. Didn't the Ducks have Pronger and Niedermeyer on the same team in an 07 when they won? And you, you can only have one? Um, oh, yeah. Well, right? Dalina will be expendable. Oh, yeah. Well, there's our clip, Bruce. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's your breakdown. You just did two, the Slovakians. And you, and you painted a beautiful picture for podcasting because it's not on television. Uh, so you gave us two breaks. And there's your breakdown. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's your breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Kerry Bula, there you go. There's your breakdown. So before we leave the World Juniors, it's one day in. Is there anything that we're not talking about we should that you noticed? I mean, you're at Red Deer. You saw two great games and, and, and a lot of talent. Uh, there is the buzz, right? You said, like, it's we're, like we're back. So back of our mind, we know there's something, you know, we're in this COVID world. It might take years before that goes away. But is it normal? Like, hi, Joe. Hi, Sarah. Nice to see you. What about this kid? What about that? What about this? Like, is it, do you feel that it's there when you're at the rink? Certainly more than last year. Yeah. But considering what's happened in the last couple of weeks, you know, with the, with the new variant, there's a real caution. You know, uh, Steve, there, you know, there's no uh, drinking. There's the, the, the concession stands aren't open. Okay. Because there's no drinking, and one of the one of the uh, stipulations regulations they put in, no drinking or eating in the stand. They want people with their masks on all the time because because the spread is it's so transmissible. Uh, the new variant. So, but but you do see people and you talk to them, right? Like you know, I I, I ran into a, a a father of one of the referees. So long story short, 
he, he comes he comes up to me and he says to me, Kyle Kozlowski is the referee's name. So it was, it was Kyle's father. He goes, you, you, you don't know, you won't remember this. He goes, but my son in 2012, one of the best telescope midget championship in Canada games I ever saw, Red Deer won it. Doug Quinn was coaching the team, just a, a wonderful coach. And they won the, they won the midget. They were down. They, they, they were losing uh, to, to Quebec team. Five-minute major in the game, turned the game. He said, my son was the one that called the penalty. And he goes, he goes, and you know, it got the whole game. Back. And he was refereeing the game yesterday. He's, his father was there watching. He goes, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, he goes, I just wanted to let you know. I said, oh, what a cool story, right? So like you're developing officials. You know, when you think about the Telus Cup, you think about yep. the World Junior. He, here's a young official, like at that time was a lot younger, but now here he is at the World Junior level. How awesome is that? So, you know, and so to just run into that, back to your thing, you're, I ran into a fall. I ran into a number of people, but it's at a distance, but it's it's way better than last year than coming into an empty rink and, you know, not not, not being able to engage with anybody, you know. Yeah. I, last, and I thought last year's, and that's a great story, World Juniors, I told Stephen Walkham this, I thought it was outstanding, outstandingly officiated to the point there was no controversy, no complaining. And, and, and seamless and they talk about bringing these young officials on lot a lot of former players developing showing video talking about what might look like a penalty to the naked eye here's how we can figure out if you know a guy hit a rut or if he was tripped and you know to think that there's not quality control and there's not teaching and discussion points all the way up uh is lunacy you 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 the listener have no idea what it's like and everyone can't be you know don kaharski maybe but all the way up to get to the elite level when you're at this level it's an elite level and then eventually the nhl and and the pressure to make a call and you know do your thing unbiased watching the game and all it's 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 an art it's a skill and we summarily dismiss a lot we again hockey world well this guy and they're against the flyers and this stuff you know you, you remember the bad call you don't remember all the other situations that lead to managing a game or what happens in a game, you know, that penalty over there wasn't called. You don't remember it because you're a fan of this team. For the most part, I think they're better now than they've ever been as well. And, you know, we could go back to Moscow and all these other things. I just think now from seeing it, it's less of a story before the world juniors would be like, Oh boy, you're in Russia. You better be careful. It's going to be seven to two. And you got to fight through all that stuff. I, we don't even talk about it anymore. Like it's almost like we don't talk about, you know, cross-checking in the NHL right now because it's it, the players have adjusted. The cross-checking crackdown is over because we've won, Jerry. It might be back in the playoffs, but for now it's not. It's the same thing about what we used to have a big – I remember in Hamilton in 86, it was like, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, and that stuff seems like it's gone the way of the Dodo bird. I mean, you're there. You tell me. Uh, that, that's just the way it feels over the last few years, Craig, how good these guys and, in some cases, girls have improved along the way. Well, one thing I'm going to say to you too, what we can't say, maybe it'll come back in the playoffs. What we got to say is it better not come back in the playoffs. Well said. That's, that's what we got to say, right? Like, no, because this is where it's at. So, so it's interesting. Just another little, so you, you talk about the officials too. And I think like, you know, you know, we talk about how fast the game is, right? And everybody's got to be a good skater. The officials are excellent skaters. You, you, like they got to be able to skate. They got to be quick. It's very different now. You know, somebody goes, oh, take our official off the ice. Like, you know, maybe there's ways to do it. But, like, you, the game's too fast. You need two referees. The fact that we have two referees, like, there's no way you can do this with one referee. The other part of this, too, and you really touched on this. I think it's important. The referees know what it means when they're calling a penalty. 
They, like they know they're going, that team is going to be down. And they, and don't think that the officials, they're not calling penalties based on, well, that team's penalty kill isn't very good. If I call a penalty, they're in trouble, right? They're calling, but they understand the ramifications of for, for teams and everything. So like, of course, there's a human element in it. There's just no way there can't be. But to encourage the officials to just call the game. And I love the fact that, that and the IHF does this, the NHL does it now. Give them a chance to look at it again. They, I, I, I say it, Steve, we agree on it. 99% of the time in, re, in real time, they get it right. But what do they get talked about? It's when they're, when these get these, these one, give them a chance to get it right. Because we get a chance to look at it multiple times to say, oh, how did they miss that call? Or that should have been this, right? Bottom line is give them a chance. They're the best and they will get it right. And, you know, just to finish with that, Dave Jackson, retired NHL official, longtime NHL official, his son, Ryan, is on the lines here at the World Junior. Oh. And so, so we talk about the bloodlines. You know, you talk about different bloodlines of players, you know, that are that are playing in the tournament. Like, you know, you got Jake Sanderson, whose dad, Jeff, had a, had a long NHL career, right? Like, you know, you know I mean, uh, Dale McTavish didn't have a career like uh, like, like, like Jeff Sanderson, but he, he did have games in the NHL. You know, like, here's bloodlines of officials. Like, Dave Jackson's son, Ryan, here is an official so you know he's following a path dad had a very successful career and you know doing his thing now in ESPN I think Dave does a does a real nice job on ESPN explaining the rules and talking about it don't you agree yeah he does a great job great idea should have been done a long time ago maybe here but that's we'll save that one for uh (laughs) next year's festivus so speaking of the NHL and, and we're gonna have games on Tuesday if you're listening to this on Tuesday maybe you've already seen them return to play and kind of taking it easy and adding three-man taxi squads kind of what we've seen in other sports so where are we now and do we have to kind of push through it you know if some people want to pause and just wait for for what 100 normalcy we might be paused until october of next year you know there's to test or not to test the nhl is going to change their strategy we're learning more about it went through the leafs most of those players have returned so it's everyone's all over the place where are you on kind of you know looking in front of you looking to the end of the week and looking to the end of february give me your lou lamorello you know short medium and long term about playing and kind of playing through it because some people just say stop and other people say just drop the puck where's craig button have you ever run a marathon I have actually the Scotiabank 10 K marathon was the longest one I've ever run. So you ran a 10 K you didn't run a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) It was a marathon for me. It was a marathon for me. Marathon's 26 miles, right? 26.2 miles. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, it's yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's 42.2 kilometers. Just, uh, so what it is, but I, I, if you ask anybody, I've run a marathon, I run two marathons and I can tell you, there's times when you want to quit. There's no question. If anybody tells you that they, you know, even training for a marathon, there's times you want to quit. There's times you just go, I don't have it in me anymore. I want, and I get that. And But you you, you look at it, you go, okay, I put in the train. I, I know I can get past this. I know that I'm, I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to, because you, you've looked and, and where we were at a year ago, 18 months ago is not where we're at today. We, we have way more knowledge. We have way more treatments. We have vaccines. We have everything that goes with it. It gives us a sense of, of confidence that 
it's not going to just end with a snap of the fingers. We can't just pick a date and say it's over, but just look at what the NHL has done. Steve, it was on December the 12th when the, the, the huge outbreak happened with the Calgary Flames. That's 15 days ago. Look what's happened in 15 days. Postponements. You know, now there's an agreement in with the NHL and the NHL Players Association with respect to the taxi squad, how they want to have they, they, they said it's temporary, right? Well, that, that's what they're trying to do so that players aren't taxed, team, the healthy players that have to play, teams aren't taxed, you know, trying to keep the best competitive integrity. We've seen it in the NFL. We've seen it in the NBA. You know, it was no fun for the Raptors to have to play coming back after Christmas, you know, in the manner that they did. So what you don't want is you don't want to have games like that. You don't want to put players in those positions. But I think there's a sense of, 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 of what I would say confidence in the league and the players association to continue to assess and go, we think this can work. We want to have a full season. We want to do these things and let's keep doing. It. So I, I, like, I, I remain encouraged. Do I think it's going to be smooth? No, but like a marathon, Steve, this is what I'm finished with this. Like a marathon, you, you, you hit the finish line. You go, Ooh, I made it. But you don't forget about those times during the marathon up the hill hitting the wall, as they say, the proverbial wall, I'm telling you what, there's, there's, it would be, it would be easy to just stop and quit. And sometimes you got to slow your pace. Sometimes you might even have to walk. That's okay. But we don't have to stop. Well said. I like that. That's great. 26.2. <laughs> oh boy. And I, I run, I run almost every you day. Do. So, but that's another area. Like that's a, uh, you know, that's uh John Paul, John Paul. Like that's a, uh, that's a lot of running. So, and that's a long marathon. So, so that's the, the, what everyone's talking about on the ice. Once we get back and, and get going second half, although it's really like a 52 game mini marathon, right? We played 30. So your biggest storyline, like what, let's, let's bring it East and West is, is it the ducks right now in the West? Is it Tampa still leading the league with all they've gone through in the East? I know it's hard to come up with a couple, but you can, you know, on each side, those are obviously two of them. I don't even know what might be the biggest, but you know, we've seen some great storylines, you know, the Oilers were really good. And then they hit that wall, hit the marathon wall. They've kind of got out of it a bit. They're going to need a goaltender. There's a lot of contenders for the Stanley cup. Like when we're allowed to get excited and we can get excited. Now there's a, there's a league's in a good spot on the ice when we are playing games. Like there's a lot, it's about stories right? Hockey's about stories. We've got stories up the yin-yang when it relates to what we've seen 30 games in so far. Yeah, and I love your, I love your use of that medical term, yin-yang. <laughs> <laughs> we all have one. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go quick. I'm going to go one, two, three, four. Okay, good. Bruce Boudreau in Vancouver. Oh, I mean, yes. like, oh, come on. How can we not applaud? I mean, like what Bruce yeah. has gone in there and done, we shouldn't be surprised. He's had a fantastic career as a coach. At winning record. So love what Bruce is doing there. Uh, I'm going to go quickly to the East and go Carolina. Roddy Brindamore. I, I, I don't know what to say. Like I, I just, I, I just tip my hat to him. He, his, his coaching, his energy, his passion, you know, and the, the way he, he, he talks about his players with his players to his, it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, I just think he is like all kinds of phenomenal. Right. And then I'm going to finish with these two teams and they were the last game played before the Christmas break. And it's Vegas, and I think about the possibility with Jack Eichel. I think about that team with the possibility of Jack Eichel. And then I think about Tampa Bay, Kucherov's returning. Stamkos has had a fantastic year. Vasilevsky's a dominant goaltender. Everything they've had, 
That those are my four storylines, right? On this December twenty seventh, those are my four storylines, the ones that just jump out to me. Yeah, and I'm gonna tag you that the, the last two games were exciting. The game before it was sloppy, uh, the one that Dallas won, but Vegas Tampa made us kind of go because our minds are in a lot of different places. It's Christmas, it's New Year. Are we playing? It's COVID. What's kind of going on? And then when you kind of you know separate all that stuff and say, you imagine you guys meet in the final. And if it's oh. not, say, Vegas, it could be Colorado. And if it's not Tampa, it could be Florida. Or it could be the Rangers. Or it might be the Penguins. And you, and then you start going, hang on. Pittsburgh, Washington, Carolina, Rangers. Wow. Toronto, Florida, Tampa Bay. Wow. Uh, St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota. Wow. Vegas, Edmonton. There's a lot of good teams. Like, there's a lot. Yeah, there's Buffalo and Arizona. I'm not catering to the low-hanging fruit. I'm going. So, if the playoffs started today. That would be Toronto and Florida in the first round. You got St. Louis. You got Minnesota. You got, oh, my goodness. You have the Battle of Alberta. You're going, wow, this is something to, like, what's under the tree? Think of that. Like, think of what, and it's not as if if it's not the one matchup, oh, there's no good matchups. No. Oh, you just flip it then. Oh, so then it's Vegas, Edmonton, or it's Tampa, Florida instead. And, you know, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm getting hair on the back of my neck. Like, we have been distracted. Like, it's distracting to forget about Uh like the steak and the potatoes and gather with friends at the keg. Like we're, we're distracted because, Oh, it's, you know, uh, you know, got to wear my mask. And, and I'm not saying not to be distracted. It's human nature. But then when you look by it, you just gave me four storylines. I gave a, a few others. Oh boy. Once we get back in full throttle and make up these 60 games, Oh man, the stretch is going to be so much fun. We're averaging six goals a game. The, the cross-checking crackdown has been solved. We spend a lot of time on, you know, captain obvious negativity. And I get it. It's not that we can't do it, but talk about optimism and excitement for those items. Like we would be, you know, we'd be eating the chocolate cheesecake at the end of the meal, having a cigar when Craig, do you mind if I unbutton my belt here? Because <laughs> we would be doing that thinking about what's going on. So I don't want to, I don't want to lose sight of, of that, that it'll happen. Right. Craig, it'll happen. We'll, we'll get there. It'll, it's the marathon. We will eventually cross it, arms in the air, the ribbon going around our chest, and like, whew, we did it. Might not be a smooth ride, but once we get there, oh, boy, it's, it's, there's a lot to be excited and thankful for. Well, th- th- there you are. So, like, I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm telling you, the, the, there's nobody that's ever done a marathon that sits there and can't go back to, 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 to times when they were – in some discomfort and, uh, you know, thought about, but I'm not talking about the Olympic marathoners. I mean, they're in a different yeah. level, right? Like, you know, I'm just saying, if you, you want to do it, that's, and so I, I'm, I'm confident I'm optimistic and, you know, people go, Oh, how can you be? Well, that's just the way I am. And, and you know what, Steve, I choose to be that way. I'm not, I, I don't got my head in the sand. I'm not Pollyanna, even though my wife says sometimes I am, but <laughs> I'm not Pollyanna. I'm an optimist and I see signs for us all to be optimistic. And you're right. It's a gift. And, you know, stockings, New Year's Day, it's a new year coming up in 2022. And I, I think that we're moving in a direction where you asked me about, you know, in, in mingling and seeing everybody and everything. Yeah. We were there two weeks ago. We were there two weeks ago. And some, so we have to make a quick, we have to make an adjustment. Hopefully it's shorter rather than longer, but uh, we're not going to be in this in my view for forever we're just not gonna be no way you sound like a prophet but with the sun behind you and minus 51 wind chill 
you look angelic like uh, Elaine Bennis when the sun shone on her when it rained that day when she oh, was yeah. talking. So right now you look angelic like Craig the prophet has spoken. We will get through this marathon. And it's the positivity to end the sermon. So when you look at this back in the mirror, Bruce is howling right now. You do. You look angelic as the, the sun is exactly behind your head. And you're the prophet Craig speaks on the day. And I hope you are correct. I know you will be correct. Um, listen, we, we, we will get through it. And I know people are down. Their teams haven't played in a while. They want to get back on the ice. And so do the players. Um, slow and steady, the tortoise once said to win the race. So if it's, if it's got to be that way, it will. If they change the protocols. We'll let the medical people help decide that. Yeah. Um, but Craig, I guess where there's a will, there's a way, my friend. And uh, nice little uh, prophecy, hopefully, from Mr. Button. Yeah, well, and the optimism, right? And, like, you, you know, do what we got to do. And the NHL and the Players Association are doing what they got to do. And you know what? Games are games back on. And you know what? This is, this is episode 25 of the Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast. And our last one of 2021, we're going to talk about the Winter Classic, Minnesota. Tell me this. I'll leave you with this question, my friend. Yes. And I'll end it at 25. How has it taken so long for Minnesota to have a winter classic? <laughs> Don't they know it's cold there and it's snow? <laughs> and they've got hockey history. Minnesota! That's like Mike Keenan going, Gretzky and Lemieux, I should put them together. That's amazing. The state of hockey, January 1st. We can't wait, and we can't wait to episode 26. See ya. Stay warm. <laughs> yeah.